This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Begin transmission. Transmission. The Frontline Gaming Network presents Art of War. Strategy and tactics. Discussions with the best players on the planet. The Frontline Gaming Network. Presenting Art of War with Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Hey guys, this is Nick Nanavati from the Art of War podcast, and you're listening to another episode. Today I'm joined with our other host, John Damaris, and the other Nick, Nick Rose, um, the man who just took down BFS with some iron hands. Um, say hi, guys. Hey, everyone. Hello. So Nick had a very, I guess, unorthodox Iron Hands build. This is before the FAQ came out. Um, but he wasn't really taking repulsors. He had no flyers. He actually had a brigade. So you're, taking, you're seeing a lot of units that aren't commonly seen in a traditional Iron Hands build. Um, so I want to go over kind of what the list is, if you want to just kind of start from the top, Nick. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's captain on a bike with a power fist and storm shield. Um, big reason is just for the increase or reach. Um, a librarian on a jump pack, a Phobos librarian, and a tech marine on a bike. Um, those were my four HQs. Uh, I usually made the tech marine on the bike was the warlord with the data spike or the warlord trade for plus one to heal. So that way, he was usually an, on average healing about um, E3 plus one, so usually four points. And then I went into 10 uh, incursors. 10 intercessors um, with bolt rifles, and then two five-man scout squads with bolters, um, and then two five-man scout squads with sniper rifles. Then I did three lane speeder typhoons um, with heavy bolters, uh, three invictors with auto cannons, and then I had two thunderfire cannons, and then two eliminator squads, all with bolt rifles. I think that rounds out the whole list. So I guess let's just cover the FAQ since it's fresh off the boat and maybe directly impacts your list. Uh, Ironstone going to one vehicle, you obviously have many. So how do you think that impacts you? Um, not as much. I was actually kind of building around that nerf coming into this. I actually thought I was going to hit before BFS, but I wasn't too worried about it. Um, I, I was really more just going to be going for the tempered helm if that was the case. Um, but I don't think the tempered iron helm is the regen CP thing. Yeah, just for the five up, just be so I can get more mileage out of it. So I wasn't too worried about the nerf. Um, I think the thing that kind of hurts with the nerf is the double heal. Yeah, I think there's a lot of subtle changes to the iron hands where everyone's focused on Pharos and Ironstone. Stuff like the full or the plus one Overwatch going to CP, the deny on a four plus going to CP, and the no triple healing. That's all like also very significant nerfs, just not so flashy as the other two. Yeah, I feel like those are probably a bigger impact than, say, the Ironstone. Really? Uh, so even though you had three Invictors and three Speeders, uh, you didn't find the Ironstone was integral to your, the way your list played? No, and I, and, you know, I had five games. I only took the Ironstone in two matchups, actually. Oh, really? You didn't even take it most of the time. Yeah, um, I took it. I didn't take it against the orcs. Um, 
which was just they just had so much damage. And then I didn't take it um, against Dark Eldar. I didn't take it against another Repulsor player. Um, and yeah, I only took it against Jack in the finals and against. Um, no, I only took it against Jack in the finals. So I only That's took it once. Super crazy. So keep in mind, we're talking about the old Ironstone where it works on everything. But. Um, what kind of thought process do you use when determining if you take an Ironstone or not this match? It's one CP, you have a brigade for 15. Uh, for most people, it's an auto-include, and I would assume it's an auto-include as well, personally. Um, I mean, you're right. I mean, the thing I was looking at was mostly my other opponent's armies and how fast they were. Since I had the Invictors that were moving 10 and the Typhoons that were moving 16, I would look at the board map and then consider how fast I could actually just cut the volume of fire. And then I would never have to worry about it. And then I would want to consider the Tempered Helm because am I going to be tremor shelling? Am I going to be um, using more CP for the longer rounds? I thought that was more important. Um, yeah, and because you're a successor chapter, you have to make that choice, basically. You can't just buy both. Correct. And, and that was the biggest thing. Because you know when I played, um, my first round opponent had Leviathan Dreadnought. I tremor shelled the Dreadnought four turns? So, you know, that's four CP and sometimes three because I had to fire it twice. You know, I need that turn four and five, and I just moved the army around the L's. So it never shot me. But I don't need the Iron Stone if I never get shot. <laughs> Spoken like a true champion. <laughs> that's actually really interesting. So then your, your list has good mobility. And so you're using the terrain and the mobility of the list to, like, basically. Um, you know, a lot of people are playing sort of a static castle where they're trying to shoot you and you're just like skirting around the terrain, taking targets of opportunity, sandpapering away stuff, and just not giving them good lanes of fire to the stuff that you care about. Is that kind of how you're playing the game? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty accurate, John, because if you think about it, just with mobility and the Victor's moving 10, I mean, that's why the Captain and Tech Marine were on a bike, Speeder's moving 16 inches. Um, I just cut angles and I would just take opponent's armies apart piece by piece and then never have to worry about that threat so i would only commit out if i knew i could mostly kill everything on the other side or if i was like all right i'm not going to lose much and with the damaged firepower when with the thunder fires i at least can have a little more control i only need to wait till like turns eh, one two and three and then i can push or spread out if need be did you ever find that you were just out muscled by an iron hands army of a more traditional sense um, something like triple repulsors or the iron way with six flyers or anything like that. Cause you've obviously spent a lot of points in utility and it's like the incursors, the intercessors, the eliminators, um, and mobility, which just doesn't help against the calculator, which essentially that army is. Oh, no. Iron hands being a calculator and logical. Um, no, never. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I guess my first round it would be the best way you could say that because I actually played that list, and then you can almost say it around Jack's listing in the finals. Um, my first round opponent had two repulsors, the Leviathan Dread, two Thunderfires, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, you know, if I took him in a straight on gunfight, I would just get wrecked. Um, but the thing is, is I just literally cut angles down um, as much as possible. So I would deploy in the corner. Uh, I would hide behind the L's or the train pieces, and I would just work one way at a time to come across. 
Um, in that game, when I played the guy with the Leviathan, the Leviathan is only 24 inches, and it moves 8, so I was staying, what, 34, 36 inches out of it from the whole time, and just running away. And then he would have to commit. And then when it got close, I just sent the chapter master on the bike or the tech marine on the bike to go deal with him. Um, and then I would just take a repulsor one on at a time. Yeah, and I guess because they're trying to stay within three inches of their ironstone, they're very small and compact. And if they spread out, then they're actually much easier to kill. Correct. And the thing that people were worried about is if I tremor shield the Leviathan, they have to break out their bubble. And a lot of people didn't like that. Or I had enough snipers with between the two squads, eliminators and snipers that they would have to commit their ironstone out. And so I would just murder the ironstone. And so it was a very hard thing for people to go do. And I would just trade out a lot better. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Also, your firepower is really diversified, which is one of the things I love about your list. Uh, where it's like, if you kill a repulsor executioner and there's two in a Leviathan, you've effect if you're out ranging the Leviathan by just tremor shelling and staying out of range and you kill a repulsor, you've, basically taken half of his firepower away where it's like if he kills two land speeders or an invictor or something like that he's taking one sixth ish of your firepower away it's just not you're so much better at the gradient there yeah and the thing with stealthy too i mean i was mostly a two up save so even ap3 weapons basically gave me a five up ball. so there's a lot of times where i wouldn't lose anything either and i would just heal it back up and mm -hmm then trade back with them, which is really, really frustrating for people. Yeah, because it's one of those things, because you have so many spread out targets, like maybe they kill one land speeder, but don't have enough to finish off a second, and then all that damage just gets erased. Correct, and the thing is, is such, those, especially with the speeders, because you have to throw so much more damage to overkill it, that it, it just gets wasted, right? So I had someone throw pretty much all their heavy Gatling shots from the Repulsor on top of the Laser Destroyers, because they didn't know if they were going to kill it or not. Um, which is kind of infuriating for people. Yeah. Yeah, so if I understand, and bear with me, Nick Rose, I'm a little bit of a newer player, but basically because your list is diversified and people, because Iron Hands puts you in a situation where you literally can't leave something with one wound, it's a disaster. So um, they have to make sure, it, you know, when they kill something that it, it dies dead. And when you have things like Repulsor Executioners, for example, like, you know, they're they have trouble diversifying their shots and making them all count because they're trying to make sure something dies and they don't have enough units to activate to get more information. So you've got multiple units, so you can see what happens with the shooting phase from, say, uh, you know, one of your your Invictor Warsuits, and then you can make a decision based on, okay, so now what do I need to fire with the next thing? But with, like, a, a Repulsor Executioner, they've got to divide up all their shots from the jump, um, you know, because they're declaring everything, and it just makes it a lot harder to be efficient. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, I can split, maximize, and I actually just, I probably have a lot more shots than the Repulsor do, at least for the damaging shots, because auto cans do two points. I mean, it adds up, especially when the Ironstone's dead. Um, and the missile launchers. Now, the other thing, too, is, I mean, Nick's seen this, too, is if I was going to commit a unit, I would be committing usually a lane speeder up close, and I would give that lane speeder a four up and vulnerable save from the Space Marine book which made it just where people would either have to ignore it to get a better shot or they would throw enough shots into that land speeder and four pinball is it's really annoying. It's way more work than it's worth. 
Yeah, to kill an 87-point unit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's quite hilarious. Because most people don't really run Lance Peters, and that's, that's super underused because what's the point of spending a CP to give one's Lance Peter a four-up I'll just shoot the next one. But if that Lance Peter in particular is the one you're being kind of a, a pain in the ass with, it gets a lot more value. Yeah, and you know, with Master of Artisan and the White Iron Hands Calculated Fury Super Trait, which is just amazing, Master of Artisan just makes the land speeders almost always hit and always wound. Yeah, I think that's one of the really interesting things where something like a Repulsor doesn't really care much for Master Artisans because you have 4 million shots where you're going out to hit and you're going out to wound doesn't get you anywhere. But on the, the low volume, high quantity spread across, or high quality rather, uh, spread across like six units that you have, Master Artisans gains a lot of value because you're just you're almost essentially getting full rerolls to and full rerolls to wound because your shots are so spread out. Yeah, and so I played like Ivan Cho, he had nine flyers. My first turn, I almost killed three. Maybe I did kill three. Um, I think I left one flyer with one wound. But with all the auto cannons, I was I'm hitting four or five times, but you know, I was wounding almost every time because I'm wounding on threes. I get to reroll one of those. I mean, that gives me my wounds. Yeah, for sure. And just get there. Um, did you ever... Well, let's go with this. Since the FAQ came out and Ironstone got nerfed, but apparently you don't even take it, um, is there anything you would change with your list with respect to the FAQ? Or just even after BFS with the experiences you had, is there anything you would change? Um, yeah, I would change. I'm going to drop the incursors. They were, oh, they're the cool part. <laughs> they were hot garbage. <laughs> I wanted them to be so good. Was the, why were they there in the first place? Well, so I, I originally wanted to do size steel, uh, the 10-man intercessors, and then use the infiltrators with shrouding to kind of help. Yeah. yeah, the incursors with shrouding to help with, you know, I don't know, zoning or blocking and just kind of board control or holding on to an objective. And, yeah, and it worked out in great in playtesting in Boston, but it just never worked out in actual gameplay. So it was just, it was never needed. And I'd rather just had the 30 inch range shots from afar and save yeah. my points. So you would just turn them into 10 more intercessors? Yeah. And then I think I'm going to fit, I want to really fit a Mortis Dreadnought with four last cannons. I kind of poo pooed it, but after playing Jack and a oh couple of people, MVP every time. I know it was really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's another interesting thing, though. They, they nerfed the number of character dreads you could take, and you said, screw it, I'm not taking any. So I guess that also didn't impact you at all. Yeah, well, I might stick one in now that I know that, you know, the FAQ will at least let me have one. Yeah, yeah, for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially with like all these sense running around, it's just, it's just so good. It's so good. It's, it's also a, a piece of firepower your opponent can pretty much never answer, so it does get to shoot for six turns. I had a lot of games against all their flyers, where those are my only guns, basically. I had two more destroyed knots with a quad last. And I was getting shot off the board because I only have two things that can shoot, really, in Eldar Plane. But over, by turn six, I had killed almost all of them. Like, all the planes were dead, and he was down like a wave serpent or two, just because these things shot all game. Yeah, when I was playing Jack, he had two of them, and I couldn't do anything to them. And yeah. they kept him in the game a lot longer than they probably should have. Because I couldn't get to, I couldn't get through the sense quick enough, and he was hiding the sense. So, like when I had to commit, I had to take two turns to get there committing. I lost two speeders and then Victor, I think, by it. It just hurt. So yeah, they, they just hurt a ton. And then on top of that, uh, 
they're the kind of they're tough enough as characters that you can't snipe them out at all. Like a couple units of eliminators aren't really going to kill them, at least not on average. And then because the vehicles and your iron hands, you just heal it all right back. Yeah. Or what Jack did was just like, I'm not dealing with this, and I'm going to shoot your eliminators and kill them. So oh, we just shot them. Yeah. That also works. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Oh, that idea went out the window. <laughs> yeah. So you said a uh, mortis with quad Laz. Have you considered maybe a Vendred with um, auto cannon and Laz as maybe another option? Um. Yeah, I've considered it. Um, you know, they're all options. Uh, I, especially since the Vin has the four up, or sorry, not the four up, the six up feel no pain. Also, it hits on twos to start. Oh, really? That's what I like about it is it hits on twos, yeah. Yeah, I need to look at that. I mean, I've got, I dropped the tech rain on a bike and then cursors. I've got a lot of more points, so. So why are you dropping your tech rain on bike? Um... I, he's a legendary unit, so I just don't know if legendary units can be around for LVO. Yeah, um, so just focused on that right now, I suppose. Yeah, so, I mean, if he's going to stick around, maybe I should get used to it. I mean, that's my thought. I mean, and the Tech Marine... I don't think he's a really integral part to your list either way, so it's like if you have to cut him because he goes away, it's not like your list stops working. Yeah, and... Yeah, and, I, and if he's going to be my Warlord, I can put the Data Spike on him, and he can run around and heal. Yeah, that's the 2d3 pick the highest for heals, right? Yeah, and I usually give him the Warlord trade for plus one, so if that's the case, yeah. I'm okay. Or I don't make him the Warlord, and I give someone uh, Master of Strategy or something like that, whatever the Extension Consolidate one is, to the Captain. I mean, those are always other things I can consider. Um, but yeah, that's just the thought process right now. Right. That makes sense. So, uh, why do you have the, I guess, now 20 intercessors when you go there? Like, well, most people, when I see Iron Hands armies, are just taking tanks because obviously tank synergy is so strong. Um, and, like, I can see intercessors coming into value now that you have less incentivization to take tanks because Ironstone. But since you, you were taking this when Ironstone was good, like, what, what are the intercessors doing for you? So, I played Orcs round three. If I didn't have the Intercessors, I don't think I would have won that game. Um, hands down. Because you take so many tanks and vehicles, you just don't have the shots to clear out the horde. And the Intercessors bring that to you. So my Incursors and Intercessors did... I mean, I basically, one turn two or three, I killed 60 Orcs. Um, mainly because I did 10 Intercessors, fired 40 Bolter shots, um, which is a big deal. Now, I actually might consider taking Gray Shield um, too for uh, the Vigilist Detachment and maybe dip into Imperial Fist so they can ignore cover and blow everything up. Just a thought. Yeah, also exploding sixes. Yeah. So, but they went through and then killed the 60 orcs. And then I just got to charge them, right? They're, they also bring some hand to hand threat um, just because of all the bodies. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I pretty much having an intercessors in my list for the same exact reason. You just want some anti horde, and some people can attempt it with like tanks, like a repulsor shoots a billion shots. But against something like orcs, if they bring like fifteen smasher guns and a couple shock attack guns, you're still gonna die. Yeah, and the invictors were good. But they weren't great. Like they they I lost two of them pretty quick, and then one got into combat with a twenty man horde, and he just kind of stayed there for a little while, which 
which is fine, but he's not getting out either. So yeah. the intercessors, they bailed him out. They shot, they shot a 30 man unit, pretty much wrecked it and then bailed out the Invictor. And then I got to keep on moving. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. It's actually kind of interesting to me. Just thinking about your list in that, uh, all the iron hands nerfs sort of missed you. You know. <laughs> if you really think about it, that which is amazing. So were were you thinking were you when you were building your list, were you thinking that those nerfs were going to be live and that's kind of why you designed it the way you did? Or Well, I knew the Ironstone nerf was probably coming. It was just there's no way that it wasn't gonna happen. Um no, I assumed it was just gonna be one vehicle at the start of the shooting or something like that. Um I didn't know what the nerf was gonna be per se, but I knew it was going to get nerfed in some way. So I really wanted to play without it and build a list without having to have it is pretty much what it came down to. Um, and it just kind of fits my style. I try to take something always outside a little bit of, of the meta to try to change it. Yeah. I know that when I was looking at the BFS list, I looked at your list and I knew you're like a really good player and I didn't get it. I was like, I don't understand what this list is doing. I see land speeders and I see, you know, tactical war suits, which are pretty efficient. Um, but uh, now in, after watching you play your game with Jack a little bit and then sort of thinking more about it, like your list is very efficient. It's very mobile. It, uh, it picks its fights, right? Like you, you choose where you engage with people. They don't necessarily get to choose w- with you um, because you're just more mobile than a lot of lists with, a, with their fire bases. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Nick, you were saying about it, like, how many times did you wish you had land speeders in your games? Every game I lost, or every game that was tough, I lost once, but every game that was tough would have been solved by just having some land speeders. Yeah. It was infuriating. Because the thing is, is, you know, especially in stealth, they're two up, which is amazing. They won't ever die to small arms fire, which is a big problem for speeders. But they also can just grab ejectors for you, which is yeah. so annoying. Well, that's what it was. I wanted something that could run out there and grab an objective, and if it died, it probably took too much firepower to be worth it, and I just didn't care. It's a speeder. Yeah, and they're just they're perfect for that. I often found my army hiding in a corner ruin because that's what my army did. Um, but if the objectives weren't near me or if I needed to move out from my ruin to hold a second objective or something, like a unit of scouts wasn't fast enough to move and advance and get there. So having something fast enough, a speeder that moves 16 inches, would have been really, really useful. Yeah, and see, you know, I looked at attack bikes originally because they were cheap, fast attack. But then being only moving like 12 or 14 didn't really worth it, really make it worth it. But the other big thing is they didn't fly. So I played GSC the first time with them and they got trapped. I was like, oh, well, this is a problem, right? The speeders having fly solves all that. Well, yeah, that's, that's why I'm so hesitant to run solo attack bikes as a brigade filler. They give up kills and they don't have flies. So if you use them as screens, they get wrapped. It's a very, very dangerous unit to use. Yeah. Well, I agree. Um, so that's cool. Um, would you change your, your list knowing like, if it sounds like you accounted for there being like L type terrain at BFS, if you go into some more of an unknown kind of terrain environment, like LVO, for example, how would your list change or would it not? Mm, I think with all the boxes, it is going to change. Just don't know how. I feel like I would want to have a third Thunderfire Cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, is my first thought. I don't know if the Mortis Dreadnoughts are actually going to play well. Um, just because there's just so many 
boxes. Um, if people, you know, if people bring in the repulsors and everything else, you'll be okay because they can't hide, and you're okay with knights. I guess what I'm worried about is just the assault sense. And assault sense hiding in boxes. Yeah, that's yeah, real. Like, I I don't know what you do about that. I I feel like on the east coast, I feel like the iron hands are gonna be really strong. On the west coast, I feel like Raven Guard are gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even consider it like that when you when you take the different terrain that you see on different coasts or metas that really does impact success of different builds. That's a great point. Yeah, and I, it it's kind of scary because you know even I was doing some practice games this this weekend, and just the boxes are a huge metagame factor. Um, they absolutely are. Yeah, you need to be able to clear out units from the box, whether it's through mass indirect fire or it's by having your own units that can go into the box. That's actually one thing I thought was interesting about your list, actually, while we're on the subject. Your captain's on a bike instead of a jump pack, so he obviously can't interrupt with flyers, and on the West Coast, he doesn't go in boxes. What was the reasoning behind that? Well, I probably would change him to a jump pack infantry, too. Um, but the big thing was I wanted him to be a little bit longer. Um, or the aura, so uh, I could, just a, a longer base. You mean for a bigger radius? Yeah, and he was a little bit cheaper. I think he's three or five points cheaper than a. He's three points no, cheaper. Yeah, jump back, and so I had to make it work to get the list in. I think with the changes, though, I'll make him go back to a jump pack, and yeah. then just figure it out because I'll probably make the speeders go into a unit of three. Um, I felt that was pretty good. Especially because I didn't realize the four up and vulnerable. I just got so much mileage out of that. Oh, yeah. Four up and vulnerable is crazy. Yeah, so I think I'd probably do those two big changes. Yeah, and if you do a unit of three speeders, um, would you replace? Would you add two more solo speeders to then keep your brigade the same, or would you do something else? Um, I think I want to keep the brigade for sure. I probably would just grab dirt cheap speeders mm -hmm. um, just so I can put them in cover or whatever else. 55 points, just get a heavy bolter, go hold an objective kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, I don't know. I would have to play it out. I was messing with the points on your list the other day, and that's pretty much where I landed with it as well. Because we were yeah. talking about the three-man speeder unit. And then don't point. you don't get two more Typhoons with the points the way it works out. So it just has to be the heavy bolter variant. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I want to drop the Eliminators. I feel like you kind of have to. But the Eliminators are really, really good too. So... I don't know. I mean, that's where I, I feel like I think you might have to go down to one 10-man Intercessor squad. Yeah. Um, but I think that's okay. I mean, that that's where I'm going through. Um, Once, you only get the strats on one unit at a time. So having two units is a lot of diminishing returns. Yeah, I agree. That's that's where I kind of balance it. And it's just one of those things of can somebody... Like Jack, the reason I attached to making me goes back to 10... Also a 10-man Intercessor squad, because Jack, when he jumped with the Storm Talents, he dropped all the Assault Cannon shots in the um, Intercessors. Yeah, and I had like two left. I was like, well, okay, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, right? But well, I mean, he shot something. So he's going to shoot something. So if it wasn't the Intercessors, it's something else. It's just a matter of, was the Intercessors the right call, I suppose? Yeah, and he probably should have shot the land speeders, but if he didn't shoot the intercessors, I think the intercessors would have brought one storm talon down by themselves. Yeah, the intercessors are also like if you deal with them early, it sucks because you know you want your alpha strike to do something more relevant. But intercessors left unchecked will totally win turns four, five, and six. Yeah, and so like, I, so I feel like he actually it was a good play for him, 
Yeah, oh. it's it's like it's almost like an investment because you're not going to see return on investment immediately because the intercessors don't do anything in the short term. But towards the end of the game, when you're out of stuff, they become really problematic. Yeah, and so that's where I go back and go, okay, should I grab the um, another second 10-man of intercessor squads? Or should I, if I just need objective holders, should I just go for cheap servitors or something else that are 20 points? Like I, I don't know. Like That's... That's what the thought process is. I gotta play with the points and, and see and play some test games. Um, An interesting thing to consider is if you're running the intercessors, um, maybe if you don't cut, if you cut down to ten, probably not. But if you have twenty, having a an ancient isn't a bad elite filler. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Or even apothecary because that's also really annoying just to heal. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, can we go? Can we go back yeah. to talking about the magic boxes for a second? Because I think. We sort of glossed over that, but that's actually kind of a big deal. Um, what other things would you consider to help you clear those boxes? I know you talked about a more indirect fire with a thunder fire cannon. You know, maybe you think about like a relic Scorpius, possibly, or the other option is you bring get something that goes into the boxes to tangle with those scents, which is not easy, but something to consider. So I'm just kind of curious where where you end up on that, or just the things that you're thinking about. Well, I don't think you can. If they're in the box, they stay in the box. You you can't really get them outside the box. It's just too hard, is my thought. I think you have a couple interesting ways. So one thing I plan on doing, uh, if you take your you have your captain on the bike right now, so we talked about making him a jump pack so we can go inside the box. But if you give him a thunder hammer instead of a power fist, obviously it's a lot more points. But you can then mastercraft it and go to damage four, and then he should solo a sent unit between either fight twice or fight when he dies. So, so I would that's... agree with that. So here's my other thought of why I actually like the intercessors. I actually would put two thunder hammers on the intercessor squads, and oh, I really? mastercraft one of them because then you can give him the trait. And you because the thing is, you don't want to sacrifice your chapter master. Early. No, you don't. Right. These other guys are gonna they need the aura, but if you do the intercessors, I mean, you can. They have a plus one hit strat. Master Rudder sins, they should get, what, five or six hits in? Mm -hmm. He should be able to pick up a squad by himself, or at least triple it. A few of them, yeah. He, well, he's got four attacks on the charge? Uh, two base, three for shock assault, right? I think it's three. I think right. it's three base for a sergeant. Yeah, might have heroes for four. I think your three base might of yours would be five because your your basic intercessor is two base. Oh yeah, and the sergeant's three base. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's five attacks. Master of our sins puts them all through there. So yeah, that's not bad. All right, so yeah, like that's, that that's the thought process, so and that's, then, that's a really non-committal way of doing it too. I like that. And the chapter master for the same point for the thunder hammer, you can get two thunder hammers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sixteen points each. Oh my god, I haven't thought of that. <laughs> So like that, like that's where I was looking at it. Um, and then he can that's solve a power good. fist. Mm -hmm. He needs to clean up, but that that might be better. And then you can clear them out. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's the only other way I can think through because you don't really want to go in there and and melee them. It's not. No, that's like a last resort type of thing. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. But also, like they could, if it's like white scars or raven guard, they could deep strike or outflank right in your face before you get to Thunderfire them. And then they could launch a charge out of Deep Strike fairly reliably and uh, wrap something in close combat. And then if they do that, then you have to deal with them the hard way. Yeah, and I think that's where I go back to the Intercessors. 
I think right. that can be a nice little hidden gem. Yeah, I don't think many people would consider that either. Yeah. Now I th- yeah I think um, and you can and the scouts should protect it and you know and if someone if they wrap the scouts and your intercessors are nearby at least like okay that's fine go right in mm-hmm. so yeah also uh, intercessors have that strat right the primary strat is it like wound on sixes to hit or something like that I don't know uh, that sixes sixes is an automatic wound yeah it's actually. Not a bad call. The problem is, is the sensor two up save. So yeah, yeah. There's also if you go with the Indominus Crusader route, there I believe there's a strat there that didn't get FAQ'd away uh, for sixes explode to hit. Yes, liberators. Yeah, yeah. That, that is the other thought. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's true. That'd be like thirty attacks, rerolling a hit, presumably, and uh, sixes explode. Yeah, and then you have, and you can do gray shield. So it depends on what other uh, strat you want. I think there might. Are any of them useful in close combat? Um, I don't know. I think so. I mean, I guess um, maybe white scars. White scars gets you there. That's that's helpful here and there. Right, because um, then you can advance, and if you're too far away, you can still charge. Yeah, you can advance, advance and charge, and you can catch people off guard with that too. If you roll a decent advance roll, like all of a sudden you're a lot faster than your opponent expected you to be. Yeah. Um. Is there any? I wonder if there's any bonuses to advance. I don't think the chaplain does it. I don't think there's anything actually. No, I mean you can do the chaplain, but you have to wait for it, right? So I don't know. Right, right. I mean, the other way is just the black templar for reroll charge, but I don't think you really need that. So. Yeah, I wouldn't go for that one over just advancing and charging. No, but uh-huh. I think the intercessors with imperial fist also makes another bigger call with it because if you shoot at most of the time, sense have stealthy. If you do mm-hmm. the Imperial Fist, even minus one gives you three cover. That's yeah. a great point, also. Yeah, I didn't even think of that either. All right, so you should kill three or four. So those those ten minute intercessors become you know big heavy lifters. It's it's really funny. I was thinking of doing Indominus Crusaders on my personal list, which uh, also has a lot of intercessors, like twenty. Uh, it's very similar to yours, and I was going back and forth on reasons to do it or not. Um, and this conversation is really helpful. <laughs> it's cool i'll charge you 1999 next literally everybody makes that joke it's hilarious Uh, literally everybody yeah if i had a dollar every time i heard it i would have more money than my coaching actually gets me you'd probably still have 20 bucks (laughs) uh actually now you guys are making me consider intercessors for those the scars list that i've been playing i actually like the 40 bolter shots i think is actually kind of a nice thing to have in your back pocket and then in scars they're gonna punch plenty hard you know minus one two damage a piece well a hidden bonus value to indominus crusaders with the stealthy successor trait is that specifically against like things like ludas which are shockingly good at peeling intercessors being that they wound on threes and flat two damage and ap minus one you could take the salamander trait with your indominus crusaders and they ignore AP minus one and you're stealthy. So you're just going to have a two up save from things like Ludas that are mass AP one fire, which is really good. Or SMS from Tau, just mass AP one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the other thought too is, you know, if, if there's going to be a lot of ignore cover things too, maybe you mm-hmm. drop stealthy and you pick Whirlwind or Rage. So, yeah, and then your army just gets a lot more offensive. Yeah. And so you, when you do, like the sense come in, you liberate Whirlwind or Rage and, yeah, every thunder fire, every thunder hammer hit hurts. 
Yeah. It's interesting stuff for sure. Yeah, I guess it depends on where the meta is going to go. If we see more fists and salamanders, who kind of ignore cover to begin with in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So let's matter. Um, let's switch subjects for a second and go back to like your list with respect to different tournament formats. So you obviously did very well at ITC in the ITC format, which was BFS. If you were playing in like ETC or Nova formats, would your list change at all? Do you think? Mm, ETC, probably not. Um, because I can still grab objectives really fast and really quick. Yeah, um, speeders are really good at maelstrom type stuff. Yeah, and so I don't think I would ever I would change those out. Uh, I would probably wouldn't add a mortar strike not and go for more mobility um, for ETC just because I want to be able to grab more objectives. Well, also in ETC they typically don't allow Forge World, so strange uh, idea. Well, that's true too. <laughs> good point. Um, yeah, I would probably go for uh, just more speeders then. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, I guess for Nova, would you change anything? Nova and ITC are pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, I think since BFS is such a good proxy for Nova, because the train's almost the same. Yeah, um, the train's almost the same, the people are almost the same. Yeah, I don't think I would change anything. I think, actually, I think this list gets a lot stronger in Nova type missions and formats. Um, I think it. Why do you say that? Well, just because mostly the train um, and the missions. I mean, you secondaries is actually really hard to pick against my list, and I think yeah. Nova secondaries are pretty much going to be the same um, because Mark for Death is, was one of the ones that changed, and even still, that's pretty hard to pick from my list. So, I don't think anything changes for that. Interesting. Did you find with your like your kind of MSU approach and like your multiple scout squads and stuff that you were giving up kills too quickly. Like your opponents would take butcher's bill and succeed with it. You're give up an old school point on turn one for first strike, give up kill more fairly often. Was any of that an issue for you? Um, in some games, yes, but only for the first turn or two. So people could get kill more off me by killing the scouts. They'll kill two or three units. That's fine. The butcher's bill they could get probably two or three points off of, pretty easy because they could get the scouts. But after that, yeah, it was really I hard. It's one of those things too. It's kind of very similar to Richard Siegler's approach to it, where it's like you can lose all your scouts in a turn or two, and then after that it gets really hard. Much like he loses all his two men drone units in a turn or two, and then what else do you kill after that? Yeah, and it's the same thing. And what happens is you put those scouts in positions to force your opponent to deal with them. Okay, cool. You got your two points, but now you have to get three or four. So it's, it's point denial later on, um, which is what yeah. happened a lot. Makes a lot of sense. So were any of your game, or is this the kind of list that has close games or does it blow out your opponent? Generally speaking, um, not as mathematical as most iron. Table you. you know, it, it, that's actually a good question. Nick, I did average. If you look at all my games, my games were anywhere from, 29 to like 33 point wins which were not like blowout wins which you usually get to around 38 or 40 yeah but they were strong solid wins they're solid ones yeah so yes so what would happen though is be like turns one two and three i didn't know really where i was i like i thought i was in a good position i wasn't going to give up anything then turns four five and six had snowball and so I wouldn't pick up a lot of points till the end to bring up to the 30-point wins. So 
like the games were really close and tight. Like they would they would start close and then there'd be a breaking point kind of thing. Yeah, and it was always around turn two and turn three. What do you think caused that? Mm, usually, it was the mobility, right? That was the biggest factor. Because I would just come around the corner and blow up a lot of stuff and cut army fire down, and then yeah, I guess once they stop being able to kill you because you've eliminated the threats, then you just they stop killing you. Yeah, and I just walked right into the to their army. So yeah. if I think about that, that would be my most logical thought. Um. But yeah, no, I don't want you to hurt yourself, so don't think too hard. Yeah, it's it hurts. The cogs go slow. <laughs> One thing that just sort of occurred to me that I I kind of like about your list is those war suits like punch pretty good. So once you come around that corner, then you can start charging stuff too, and just you know, fisting it to death, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's a great point, John. So I had I didn't go out and assault things with them. I used them more as counterattacks. So when people came to engage with me, then the invectors pounced on them. So the invectors jumped on like sense for um, a reason. They jumped on Leviathan Dread, um, you know, other characters. And then we just picked them up. So that was helpful. Do you think there's any merit to like replacing the invectors with something like uh, Contemptor Dreadnoughts or Redemptor Dreadnoughts? Uh, they definitely shoot less for the points, but they have the Dreadnought keyword. And they hit hit similarly hard in close combat. You know, I've really, really tried and look at that. The problem is, is the Redemptors are just so expensive, or maybe you could say the Invictors are so much cheaper. Yeah, it's not, it's only a twenty point difference, really. It's like one fifty five to one thirty six. But the Invictors are such good bang for your buck. Yeah, I thought the Redemptors are on one eighty though. So no, no, they're only one. Well, if you get depends what weapons you give them, but if you give them the the Gatling cannons that do the most shots. They're one fifty-five. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, between those two, those I always just thought they were just too expensive. And then the contemporaries, um, I never really liked for the point cost. Yeah, um, they're a little pricey. Yeah, and they just don't have the shots. So between those two things, that's what's kind of held me back on them. Makes sense. I just wanted to because I value the dreadnought keyword really highly, uh, obviously because they have the. The strat to half damage, and you can combine that with the ironstone. All of a sudden, you have a pretty unkillable dude. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know, sometimes that's worthwhile. You know, I have considered making like one or two with them um, because you know the redemptors. Yeah, you're right; they're one fifty nine. I just thought they were a lot more. Um, it's just the content. The contemporaries are just overpriced for the damage output. So, uh, um, out of curiosity, then, um, if what was I going to ask? I just forgot. All right, strike that. I just literally had a senior moment. I'm the, I'm the oldest person on this cast, so I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's saying something with Nick here. <laughs> um, we don't have Brad, so you can beat us off. <laughs> uh, what was I going to ask? Oh, what secondaries do you kind of pick with this list? Or, uh, do you have go-tos, I guess? Um, so against the, I've been picking old school quite a bit. Yeah, with indirect fire from the Thunderfires, it's really achievable. Yeah, and then I, and sometimes I put Butcher's Bill. But then really, I, I there's always one secondary you can pick on the opponent's army. Mm -hmm. I've been picking that, and then picking old school. And then if someone has an easy secondary, I go for it, like Big Game Hunter or Gangbusters. Um, yeah. One thing it. I thought was interesting with your list, uh, engineers, you could engineer with like your intercessors, and like yeah, you're taking them out of the game for a little while. But like we talked about, they really shine in the later turns sometimes. 
and also it's an engineer that's just never going away. Yeah, so actually I Another did option that. I was thinking was recon because you have the speeders and then victors. Well, so you can yeah, do recon. So I, I've actually thought about I did pick engineers once. I did scouts and the incursors. The incursors were good for that. And actually, actually probably the best game that the yeah. incursors did because then they got to run out and, you know, um, pull people out of combat. Yeah, and you could double move them yeah. back in the game really quick. So those were actually really, really solid. Um, and then recon, I've actually avoided because I have to commit to get recon points. And I just don't like either I'm committing scouts, which are going to die fine. I didn't like committing the speeders early on. Um, so I avoided recon actually a lot. Yeah, I find recon to be a bit of a trap for space marines. You just don't want to be pressured to moving towards the other guy. Um, you you want him to come to you is how the play style of marines works. Yeah, I'm trying to play this style is trying to play super cagey, um, committing only when I have to commit, um, mm -hmm. and just keep on healing out basically my opponent as much as I can. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I want to get into matchups a lot more in the next episode. Uh, like what you think your hard matchups are and how you approach certain games. But is there anything else you think we should cover for this one as far as from a strategic standpoint? Or John, if you have any other questions? I don't have any more questions. I think uh, I think his list is pretty cool. I, I don't know if we we obviously said this, but I think the most powerful thing that this list does is it takes good advantage of the Iron Hands doctrine. Um, just being able to move and shoot without penalty and then reroll ones everywhere with so many shots. Yeah, I think... I think you're focusing on the right things with Iron Hands, which I really like with yeah. the list. You're not so tunnel visioned into Ironstone is insane and um, math with just math hammer. Uh, instead, you're just moving, shooting heavy weapons with no penalty. Yeah. Really, really amazing rule. You're rolling ones without having to be next to a chapter master. Really, really good rule. Yeah. And, and like MSD with Master Argusons is just bread and butter. Yeah. And if you. Need to split up the army, you you can, right? You don't need to, but later on, like turn three or four, when you break out of the snow of the, the ball, you, you can do a lot more damage and clean up. So helpful. Yeah. And it's then awesome. also be standing on all the objectives, right? So like it's you just have that flexibility. Um uh, ground control. Thanks. That that was one I took too. Ground control. Um see I always find that's kind of a very dangerous game to play because if you start losing the game. It's not a secondary. It's going to help you at all. Get back into it. It's I always look at it as a win more type of secondary. Uh, I would agree with you. Uh, it just comes down to the speeders I could keep alive. And a certain matchup I was playing uh, was against orcs, and so when I just killed against a six objective game, I was fine with it. Against a four objective game, yeah, I agree with you. But I can just send the speeders elsewhere and be okay. Yeah, that's true. The The number of objectives definitely impacts ground control. Like, obviously, no one takes it when there's only three. Uh, it's like six is the only time where I really consider I guess I consider it with five objectives, but very iffy. Well, and you know what's funny is the Thunderfires, when you kill your other opponent shooting, your gunners and Thunderfire cannons can actually go hold the objectives and still shoot and fire because Iron Hands. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't, don't Thunderfire cannons only move like three inches or something stupid, though? Yeah, sure, but you got plenty of time to get there by turn three. <laughs> I guess if no one's shooting the Thunderfire, just start walking up the table. That's funny. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, then start charging. Them. Yeah.
Yeah, and you can always just run the then the tech brain gunner moves six, so he can always just skirt around to get there and spread it out. But yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, I approve. That's hilarious, actually. <laughs> All right, so you want to go into like strategy, Nick, or anything else, or I think we're good on the strategy. I know it's a little quicker than usual, but you very concise and thought out answers that kind of made it a lot easier. <laughs> what I can't ramble on? Come on, we need Chester here for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true well thank you everyone for tuning in to the episode one here with nick rose um jump on over to patreon and check us out on episode two where we get into the nitty-gritty details of matchups um and really dissect how, how to play this list uh, otherwise uh thanks for tuning in see you guys soon thanks for watching like the strategy discussion you heard? Want to hear more about the tactics of this list? Sign up for our Patreon at aow40k.com, where we go deep into details of optimal play. This has been Art of War, a strategy and tactics podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Nick Nanavati and John Damaris. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Find us at AOW40K.com. And of course, connect on Facebook. Just look for AOW40K. 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 Till next time.